Over 500,000 people go missing each year in the United States. Many are found alive, some deceased, and others, it's almost like they just up and vanished, leaving their families, friends, and even law enforcement to wonder what happened to them. Sometimes there's lots of theories, speculations, and harsh accusations. But most of the time, it's just a lot of unanswered questions. Each week, this podcast will explore a missing person case and hopefully get some answers to those unanswered questions and remind us to not forget those who are missing. At the time of his disappearance, college freshman Justin Glenn Gaines was between 5'10 and 5'11 and weighed between 210 and 230 pounds. He had brown hair that he typically wore in a buzz cut and blue eyes. He was last seen wearing a gray, long-sleeved Abercrombie shirt, ripped jeans, white tennis shoes, and a diamond stud earring. I chose this case because this is one missing person case that is so close to being solved. As we get into Justin's story, you'll probably agree that someone knows exactly what happened to him on the night of his disappearance. On November 2nd, 2007, Justin was at a club he went to often in Duluth, Georgia called Wild Bills on Pleasant Hill Road. It was Thirsty Thursday and packed. It was reported that after 3,000 people were in attendance that night. It appears that Justin initially went in with friends, but those friends couldn't get into the club, so Justin went in alone. Which struck me as odd at first, but it was reported that he was the type of person that would easily make friends. So I'm assuming that since he frequented that club, there was a good chance that he might have known people inside. As the night turned into early morning, Justin was seen on surveillance camera around 1.30 a.m. making a call on his cell phone. Since he didn't have his car or his wallet, he called a friend for a ride to his mother's house in Snellville, Georgia, which is roughly 15 miles or 24 kilometers from Duluth. Although it was reported that Justin's parents always told him to call them if he ever needed a ride, no matter what time it was, it doesn't appear that he ever reached out to them that night. The friend he called wasn't able to give him a ride, and the last phone call was around 2 a.m. I found some conflicting reports as to what kind of state Justin was in that night. Some reports say that he appeared to be either intoxicated or under the influence of drugs and that he, may, that he may have gotten into an altercation with another club goer. If this is true about him being intoxicated, I mean, it could explain why he didn't call his parents. And I'm sure he didn't want them to know that he was drinking, especially since he was underage. However, he can be seen on surveillance cameras talking with various people. It didn't appear that he got into any altercation with anyone. And by all accounts, it was just a normal night out at the club. It also didn't appear that he was intoxicated, but because the quality of most surveillance cameras from 2007 wasn't that great, it's honestly kind of hard to tell. It was said that Justin was seen with a lot of cash that night and that he was wearing a diamond earring. This could have made him a prime target for someone that wanted that money and thought maybe he was easy prey, especially since he was seen alone. It appears that Justin walked out of Wild Bill's, but was never actually seen leaving. 
I read that a parking attendant reported that he saw Justin leave, but that was never publicly confirmed by investigators. However, it seems so odd that with so many people around that night that no one has publicly stated seeing Justin outside of the club or seeing him leave with anyone. I mean, it makes the case so strange for me because people were there. Were they just so self-involved that night and, and just busy with whatever they were doing that they didn't recall seeing him? Or does someone know exactly what happened to him and out of fear, they've just stayed quiet all these years. Let's talk a little about Justin. He was a college student at then Gainville State College in Athens, Georgia. He came from a large blended family that appeared to have gotten along well. It was said that he spent a lot of weekends at home from college with, with his family and that he helped his stepdad with roofing jobs for extra money. By the time he made it to college, Justin was popular and well-liked, but that wasn't always the case. When he was a child, he was teased for being overweight, but that all changed when he got into high school and started lifting weights, and the teasing stopped. It was reported that Justin was doing well at college, and that he liked it, and that he liked to party. According to Jen Baxter from Medium.com, he had two fake IDs in his wallet, one in the name of Brad Allen and the other in the name of Brad Shue, and he used the ID to purchase alcohol a fact that his mother and stepfather had been completely unaware of until after he vanished. I mean, this is normal teenage behavior, but it makes me wonder if this small little detail could lead to some bigger answers and maybe there was some foul play involved. There's no evidence surrounding Justin's case, and because his family wasn't used to hearing from him daily, he wasn't reported missing until three days after he was last seen at Wild Bill's. It appears that his phone was either turned off or the battery died, which made it hard for investigators to track his movements. There have been several false leads surrounding Justin's case. The Gwinnett County Police, Gwinnett County Sheriff, and investigators from the Gwinnett County District Attorney's Office are all working to try and solve this case. Like many open cases, police try not to share too much with the public to weed out any false leads. An inmate by the name of Dylan Glass told investigators that he had information about Justin's murder. He alleged that him and an acquaintance of his by the name of Martin Wilkie took Justin's diamond earring and assaulted him, but they did not kill him. I did read another report that stated that Glass told authorities that he and Wilkie had assaulted Justin and shot him to death. In September 2011, Wilkie was charged with concealing a death in regards to Justin's case. According to the Charlie Project, Wilkie and Glass supposedly put Justin's body in a toolbox and took it to Walton County, Georgia. Glass's mother, Thelma Ruth Ballou, claimed that she helped her son and Wilkie dispose of the body. She led investigators to a Walton County property and said Justin's body had been dumped in a well there, but a week-long search turned up nothing, and she was charged with making a false statement. When police pressed Glass to reveal the location of Justin's body, he couldn't. Justin's mother thinks that Glass knows something about her son's final moments. It's really hard to say if these two men had anything to do with Justin's disappearance. Were they just two heartless idiots preying on his family, or do they really have real information? Or 
Were they trying to lessen some jail time that they were facing from previous crimes? It's really hard to say. I mean, I find it hard to believe that his mother, that Wilkie's mother would get involved and name herself as an accomplice to this alleged murder. It's so bizarre to me. You would only think that somebody would be telling the truth, making a statement like this, but people are strange and they do all kind of strange things. One theory that investigators believe is that once he was outside of the bar, Justin was lured into a car by a female wearing a black dress and possibly with blonde hair. They think that he was driven to a house in Snellville with lots of people inside that are also potential witnesses, if not accomplices. Detectives believe that Justin was attacked as soon as he arrived at the house and that he was choked and beaten and then shot to death. Once he was dead, they took his money and diamond earring, then took his body to a houseboat on Lake Lanier and threw it in the lake. A couple of days later, the murderers panicked when they realized that his body had floated to the surface, so they removed his body from the lake and threw it down a well near the Appalachian River. This is the general theory of investigators for now. The mention of Lake Lanier immediately sparked my attention. If you're not familiar with it, it's a man-made lake that was built in 1957 and named after a poet and Confederate Army veteran Sidney Lanier. It was built to manage navigation and flood control from the Chattahoochee River. The water would be used to supply water to residents in Atlanta, and roughly over 500 deaths have been reported to have happened at Lake Lanier. This lake has a history of deaths and is said to be haunted. Now, whether you believe that or not, I don't know. But I do think that there is something sinister about this lake. So, again, once it was mentioned in reports, it immediately became a plausible theory for me. There are other theories and a lot of misinformation surrounding Justin's disappearance. But with no real evidence or witnesses, it makes his case that much more difficult to solve. I really do believe that he was met with foul play that night and that something happened to him at that bar. But because it was said that he was looking for a ride, maybe he did get into a car with someone that meant him harm. Whatever the case, I hope that Justin's family gets some answers as to what really happened to him that night. Again, Justin was 18 when he went missing and would be almost 33 years old today. He was between 5'10 and 5'11", and weighed between 210 and 230 pounds. He has blue eyes and was last seen wearing his hair in a buzz cut. If you or anyone you know has any information, big or small, regarding Justin's disappearance, please contact the Gwinnett County Sheriff's Office at 770-513-5100. For more information, as well as pictures of Justin, please go to our website at theunanswerdpodcast.com. Don't forget to follow us for the latest episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts, and on Instagram and Facebook at The Unanswered Podcast. We'd love to hear what you think about this case, so check out our blog post on our website and give us your theories. Thanks for listening.